You need to settle down and mind your business, okay? Ma'am, once again, ma'am. I said both of you. No, you said sir. Once again, it's ma'am. I actually said both of you guys. Right beforehand, you fucking said sir. Sir? Motherfucker, take it outside. If you want to call me sir again, I will show you a fucking sir. A message that conveys in one simple line what I think Brexit will do to Britain. That message being that Brexit leaves Britain naked. I was sexually assaulted by a successful Hollywood agent. The assault lasted only minutes, but what he was effectively telling me while he held my genitals in his hand was that he held the power. For some reason, I don't know why, just kind of sit around all day and draw pictures of dicks. Welcome to the Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Durgan. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's embedded himself in the black gay culture this past week, trying to get inside the mind of Jesse Smollett. He doesn't have much to show for his undercover work, save for 17 phone numbers tagged with smiley face penis emojis and a curious rash that simply won't go away. Journalism isn't dead yet, but Matt may be soon. I, I, I see you're turning a little bit on the Smollett case, Matt. I can sense a little bit you're starting to... Did you see the interview where he cries? Yeah. With Robert, Robert I, Roberts? I saw that he did cry. He does, that was a... That his PR team put out an announcement before the interview came out that he cries. Yeah, like okay, whoa, he cried. Like oh, it's got to be, it's got to be real. He he is an actor. Okay. Yeah, the, and their statement was written like as if it came from someone else, but it just came from them. You know, it was like uh, yes, you yes. Know, <laughs> Jesse would like to reiterate that uh, he's totally innocent, according to him. He hired actually that uh, um, Sachs, whatever the name is. Uh, they handle like a crisis, uh, you know, celebrities in crisis type situations when someone's been caught. Like Schwarzenegger gets caught banging the maid. They hire them to like put all his positive press and spin the media. Mm-hmm. So he's hired a very, I assume, Fox on his behalf hired a very serious uh, double talking, double speaking <laughs> crisis management firm. Yeah. You know, for like an Elliot Spitzer type after you're caught in a scandal. Which is kind of odd for a guy who's supposed to be a victim of a hate crime to actually have to hire a media, media spin agency to, to cover for him. It's not good optics. No, not at all. doesn't look too good on But I, think you're, I feel like you're turning a little bit on the, on the Smollett case. Well, I think, I think it's kind of it's going to be where it's at at this point. They, <clears throat> police know that it didn't go down the way he said. They have all the video footage except for... Uh, 60 seconds where he was underneath an underpass and <clears throat> albeit if that's where you were going to jump him that's where you would jump him yeah but it's not like you can get footage i guess that's the one place that you you can't get footage is under an underpass now i don't know the area i don't know if he could have avoided the underpass at two in the morning at minus nine degrees outside i certainly would yes no, regardless of what city i was in you guys are, we were talking about this there's no way even in la well la is not a great city but any any major city there's no way in hell at two in the morning i'd be walking by myself under an underpass i won't go no. under the hollywood underpasses here at four in the afternoon it's fucking scary yeah yeah and he was walking from his house to subway to get a sandwich and a salad just for himself. Although you noted that at 2 a.m. the only options were Taco Bell and Subway. It was a fancy Taco Bell. It was a Taco Bell Cantina, <laughs> what was it? which I've yet to visit. And I, just, I think anyone that goes to that, it must be as a joke, right? Like I'm, I'm going to say the uh, demographics are, of the Taco Bells are not in, very gay. 
No. I don't see gay people lining up outside Taco Bell. I mean, I I was questioning his story about why he... Still, I think anyone that goes to Subway at two in the morning, like, I just... It's not good enough for it to be worth... I want to know what kind of sandwich it was. He did order a salad, which is extremely gay. (laughs) So that fits the the M.O. I I think the problem is that they can't... It's like sort of the, the Nixon tapes. Because of the missing 60 seconds... That is also where if somebody were stalking him and watching his hours and his time and tracking him to beat him up off camera, that's exactly where they would set up. I mean, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a genius to figure out you're going to want to take a guy under an overpass. Yeah. So although they will never be able to prove that he was attacked, they won't be able to unprove that he was attacked. Well, yeah, I, I'm gonna, but I'm going to look at the... Google Maps. I mean, he's in the best part of Chicago. I mean, very nice, right upscale. on the river near all the uh, hotels and everything. It's a it's a heavily uh, multicultural, progressive, uh, gay, a lot of gay bars. Well, I mean, it's it's it's, it's the, not it's not cheap. It's yeah. the ex- expensive downtown. It'd be yeah. like Beverly Hills. Of- yeah, but I, I think there's still a lot. Of, I mean, it's like here. There's still a lot of vagrants, even the nice part of town. There's still a lot oh, of homeless no, people. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. I just want to look at the map and see if it was necessary for his walk to Subway Sandwiches to walk underneath the underpass or if there's a different way to go. I'm going to go with he was uh, uh, harassed by a vagrant and or was trying to s- score some, 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 was approached for drugs or tried to score some drugs and, you know, an altercation ensued. That's all I'm going to go with. But it was only 60 seconds, so I don't know how fast you can buy, how fast you can buy drugs. Well, he, in 60 seconds, can you get bleach poured on you, a noose put around you, beat up, and fight the guy off? You could be mugged in 60 seconds. Some guy could come up on you and Not try to take your Not if he fought wall. off two guys, like he said. Oh, no, no. no. I think what happened was some guy jumped him and tried to take his wallet or some shit like that. That I can totally see happening. I think, and I don't think we'll ever know, but I think... He punched himself in the face. I think he poured, <laughs> pulled a Morton Downey. But if, even if he did do that under the underpass, we will never know that he did that. So, and, the, and you know, unless, unless somebody comes out, uh, him, you know, his best friend or his manager or someone says, yeah, he planted and told me we were planting it, it'll never, it'll never, it'll always be his word against his word, essentially. But we will see. And, that he's, cry- and he's crying, by the way. So, we will see that he. He first he lied about the extent of the injuries, and then he most likely is lying about who he was on the phone with during the attack because the police want his phone records, and he's providing them, you know, not what they want in a PDF. So <laughs> I, I would just say, if we find out he's lying about that, why would he get the benefit of the doubt of not lying about the rest of it? No, I think it's I think there's something. Ha- I think something happened, not what he said. And by the way, they already retracted. The police have retracted this MAGA hat thing. So they already said that was made up by somebody else and that he never told them that. Yeah, I think that was just a journalist. Yeah, TMZ. <laughs> when you're running with a TMZ story, as like the, 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 by the way, TMZ will be the ones who break the story, the fake story, and then they'll be the ones who discount it at some point, too. Yeah. They cut both ways. This week's show is sponsored by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Cortez's ginormous teeth. <laughs> Under the Green New Deal, her teeth will be lacquered with solar panels and be the sole source of energy for much of the East Coast corridor. You better hope she's not frowning East Coast or you'll have no AC this summer. See, uh, here's what I'd recommend for her, because I, I think she's like by far the hottest person in Congress. And that's a very, low, very very low bar. Yeah. But she's got yeah, an amazing body, and she's 29, and she's slender and has a huge, huge, a huge rack, and she's a reasonably attractive woman. Fix the teeth. What is that, like, you know, five grand? She's just got like a, a movie deal and a book deal and some other shit. She's got cash rolling in. Just head head to, head to Beverly Hills uh, for like a five hour uh, sleep sleep uh, dentistry, 
I just capped those, uh, capped those motherfuckers. I never noticed her teeth. Really? I was too busy uh, <laughs> looking at her breasts. What's wrong? Her teeth are not. Terrible. No, they're enormous. They're they're uh, um, they're not hot. They're not celebrity standards. She's a celebrity. She's on TV constantly. They're not. They're not like worse than probably my teeth, but they're like they're not like Holly. They're not Hollywood celebrity level teeth. Teeth uh, make a big difference. It's well because she smiles. She makes this big smile a lot, and so she reveals all her teeth. She's like a, a Whitney Houston smile, but not Whitney Houston teeth. That's yeah. All well, they would have to file them down. File them, cap them, and then replace them. Yeah. With veneers, but I think every actress in Hollywood with teeth like that has that done. So she is definitely a, she is definitely more celebrity than anything else. Also, I predict she'll be she'll be dating uh, John Wall uh, by uh, by Christmas. John Wall, not John Wall from the Wizard from the Wizards. <laughs> why? Why John Wall? Just some, he's on the Wizards. Just something oh, like he an, lives an, in DC. Like an athlete, she'll be dating like some. She'll be dating. Some, she's going to go full celebrity, I believe. Mm. She might as well. I mean, who knows if the political career will work out? But she's going to be huge, like in other places. She could be huge in all sorts in, in in media circles. She'll be dating somebody famous by the end of the year. So she's got this figured out. I think the the political thing is not going to work out for her too well, just because. Also, because all the women in, probably hate her. She's real popular. I mean, I think she could probably keep getting reelected for quite some time. Oh, in her district, yes. Yeah. But I don't know that. It, that Are so you saying she's obviously aspiring to go higher than Congress? Yes, I would. Th- well, she's only twenty nine. She can't go much higher. But I don't think she's going to pass the muster in terms of the seriousness test. But I think she could be a huge like media type media type uh, uh, future Megyn Kelly on the left. Well, thirty million dollar thirty million dollar contract from NBC. And I would say this about. Trump too, same thing. But anytime you're releasing policy <laughs> that is simply a troll job, yes, that's not this. That's not why we elected you. That's not the point of government. That's not how government works. You don't no. troll no. conservatives and, <laughs> and tell them that you know we're going to have mandatory sex changes and no, um, right. You know the world will be. Uh, <laughs> We'll be over in two years if we don't cut out. Have you seen her? By, did you see her her policy team, like her brainstorming team? No, it's just like the wackiest college like kids you've ever seen. It's just like literally like the kids who put on a show to raise money, <laughs> money on the block. It's just a bunch of like like you know Starbucks hanging like kind of hipster like you know like selling, radi- hipster radical selling candy bars for their <laughs> basketball team yeah and- i mean it's just it's not a serious group it's not a serious group of people i mean it's it's <laughs> literally p- hipsters from brooklyn like got together at a coffee house and said got high and said let's do you know let's do, put together this amazing new world we're gonna you know and they fucking got wasted and put some shit down I think. like we're gonna get rid of all the cars and airplanes no we don't need that stuff also by the way i'm kind of sick of people from new york Trying to get rid of cars, like people who don't drive cars, yeah. trying always trying to get rid of cars. Like New York's got that weird thing where people, even if they're fairly well off, there don't drive. Yeah, so I don't the, think Trump knows how to drive. I don't. I don't think he does either. None of the people from New York know how to drive. I'm sure Hillary Clinton's never been behind the wheel of a car in forty years, and they always want to get rid of cars. I'm like they don't quite understand. Everything is not like the five boroughs. Yeah, where you hop on a subway or there's a taxi outside every door. You can't get around L.A. without a car. I mean, someone else drives it, but it's fucking ridiculous. Check out her teeth sometime, Matt. Same with the limo thing, which you don't see oh, as yes. much anymore. But it's like the yeah, car, the, ca- the town car. You catch a town car every now and then because you don't you don't have a car. So yeah, you don't it, see a lot of town cars in L.A. In fact, no. I don't see ever any. Like the rich people drive their Maseratis or their fancy cars, but they all drive. Yeah, like they don't drive. They don't have drivers. They all drive. When you see a limo, you're like, oh, that's an old dork. It, like <laughs> it used to be. 
like oh that's probably like who's in that limo now it's like oh it's some guy that has 30 bucks like yeah who gives a shit i doubt actually the the rich people drive like an electric hybrid car or something to look cool yeah so they'll drive like a thirty thousand dollar prius or some shit like that so just to look amazing this week's we did that's part already do not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last on earth thanks for all new patrons get on this shit now before it disappears if you wish to contact the show hit us up on twitter at last Men podcast or on facebook also last Men podcast all right, on to the show. Matt, you and I have disagreed about Terry Crews and what he's been up to the last uh, couple years since he was groped grotesquely by a drunk uh, Jewish agent at a William Morris party. <laughs> a drunk Jewish half his size uh, uh, gay preening agent. <laughs> and then filed a police report. Filed a police report because he was doing it for the people. He was doing it for the people. All the large male linebacker victims of uh, a, a cupped genital. <laughs> cupped Got genital. the guy fired. Yes. Because, you know. Yeah, because yeah, gra- grabbing uh, this huge black guy's balls is a joke. Yeah, that's the same as like fingering a, a chick's asshole at the bar when she's not looking, right? Like it's the same exact thing. Right. Well, Except I, it's not. I think we all agreed. And the, the, the worst part of this whole Terry Crews saga, perhaps for me, is when he claimed like, I can't hit him. I couldn't, you know, because we all agree that the appropriate punishment was to just punch the guy. Yeah. It's, give, you don't need to fucking sock him in the face, but just give him a fucking hard punch or just shove him away or some sort of, you know, let him know that you're much, much stronger I than he is. I think the most appropriate thing, like maybe what I would do is uh, if you ever do that again, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Yes. That's good enough. A little shove just to let people around you know you didn't like the cupping. And now go about your night. <laughs> yes. But, uh, but Terry Crews at the time said, you don't understand. Then he threw in the black party. He said, you don't understand how it is to be a black man in America. You can't just punch a white guy. You know, you'll be like hauled off in shackles or some shit like that. Yeah, Dude, like- I've had that shit done to me. I mean, dozens of times. You uh, cu- you uh, a funnel of a black guy's genitals and he punched you? <laughs> no, man. Is it some some fucking? Oh, you mean well because you live in West Hollywood. It's like part of like going to the gas station. I can't remember it happening recently, but everyone knows that friend that will that will occasionally do that because uh, he, he thinks it's funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's always the, the latently homosexual friend, the guy who like snaps towels in the locker room. Does the fucking weird, overly, overly affectionate, overly physical male behavior, yeah. and pretends it's super masculine. It's not a racial thing. No, no, it's a, it's a definitely a latently a gay find your husband at the truck stop kind of thing. Twenty years from now, but he, he, so he said that that he, that he made an excuse why he couldn't punch the guy, and then he filed the police report, filed the lawsuit, joined the Me Too movement. The only man, only prominent male to join the Me Too movement as a vic, as a Me Too victim. <laughs> he signed all those letters about fucking Asia Argento and everybody else that turned out to be fucking stupid. He test literally testified before Congress about the serious case of what large former NFL linebackers being being, being groped, being groped, uh, and, and teared up before a congressional committee. And now look what happened, Matt. He went from his little bit parts on TV. He just signed a new deal to be the host of America's Got Talent, which may be a stupid show, but it's an enormous show on ABC. It's going to run for basically forever. Uh, it, I assume it pays massively and has massive residuals. And it's all because, uh, well, also last couple weeks ago, he played the flute on the, <laughs> played the, revealed that he plays the flutes <laughs> on the Busy Phillips show. Uh, yeah. He's turned himself into the most quaintest, uh, safest, non-threatening, female-sensitive, giant-ass muscular male ever in the history of this country. So do you think that 
so obviously when they're casting the host of America's Got Talent, first and foremost, they want non-threatening kind of family-oriented vanilla. I don't know, just like a a host, but but non-threatening. So do you think the fact that he's calling himself a victim that that played into their yes. the way that they view him? I think they run they they run those Q stats or whatever the fuck it is to like see who, how he's who he's popular among. So I don't think it's I don't think it's the the casting people doing that deep psychoanalysis. I think it's them just looking at the survey numbers. So he's popular among he's popular who among, watches America's Got Talent. I assume middle aged uh, women. Yeah, and he's popular among them because he's become a safe hero to women. Me too, defender of women. What's more, what's greater for a very semi or asexual middle-aged woman than a big, huge, muscular black guy who adores and fights for women. <laughs> fights so for do women. you think that, that your average Midwestern white middle-aged woman is still eh, not threatened, but uh, doesn't really see a, a huge hulking black guy as, uh, 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 as someone that they want to have a, a martini with? I think it's. I think except he's for in, unless he's sort of you know latched himself onto this victimhood card. I think it fits both. I mean, if I can get deep on the on the psychology, I think it fits both. He he's a handsome, muscular dude, black dude. So he's he's attractive. He's attracted attractive to these women. Mm-hmm. You know, d- deep down, they would love t- to replace their husbands with this guy. And at the same time, he's extremely non-threatening, and he seems like he stands for all the right things, and he put himself out there for women. I mean, he, what was he before this? He was anti-pornography. He did all his rants against pornography. He talks about how much he loves his butch, his butch, not his butch masculine, masculine wife, and he's fighting for the rights of, women, of female victims. And he cry, And by the way, he also cries. Yeah, it's it's a very uh, what's the word mercurial. Like <laughs> it, there's a dichotomy of him because the way he looks. And even in well, the uh, rock, the rock. I think the rock is a little bit the same. I was gonna say, yeah, the rock is is like that as well, and that he's kind of off type based on what he looks like. But the rock does it in a, I think, in a more subtle and genuine way. Yes, um, I think that's the rock's actual nature. But with Cruz, like the first I saw of him was he was on those Old Spice commercials, right? And he was all he was super roided out, <laughs> and he was he was doing this bizarre character where he was like uh he was like a, a a roid head i don't even he was like he was like some raging guy like right making he, fun of he was he was the still the nfl linebacker guy right like he was super intense and and threatening and you know all of a sudden now he's going against that type and uh and he's making a shitload more much i mean it would be money. like you know it's it's like the uh if there was a five foot two you know, like a Corey Feldman looking guy, and he was just super into getting in fist fights. Which <laughs> I, there is a, an opposite version of this. I'm trying to think of, of uh, like who, an Andy Dick or somebody. Yeah, like a like a violent, oh, I threatening, tiny guy, like a Joe Pesci character type. Yeah, yeah, but they would they would never be cast on a. They would never, they might be typecast in a movie. They never get this big gig. Right. So now now he's in the now he's in the realm of Heidi Klum and Julianne Hough. I don't know who the other judges are. They announce the other judges, but it's all I would call them like female celebrity, safe, huge brand name appeal celebrities. So I'd say hosting that show is borderline emasculating because oh you're fake laughing at stupid shit and you're you're asking some teenage girl like, Well, how did you uh how'd you practice for that song or whatever? <laughs> and 
you and that's know, amazing. It's amazing. You're kind of dying inside. It's it's a money gig. And, and well, who they hired for the Masked Singer show was Nick Cannon, right? Does that sort of same thing? This is a pumped up fake excitement for to reveal, you know, uh, you know, Chelsea Handler as a singer or some shit like that, right? Yeah. It's still with everybody preening in the audience and faking it. It's a whole, yeah. It's a very masculine thing, but he's he's got himself in there, and he, off of this, he's going to get massive brand commercials and brand recognition. And it's uh, he won, man. He just faced it. He won. <laughs> he won. He had a plan, and I don't know if he plotted the entire the, the, the entire thing from the genital grab. But from that moment, he got in his mind exactly what, how he's going to spin this to his favor. And we all, every single person made fun of him, and we all laughed at him, and now he's... So he's terrible won. people he always won. win. Because <laughs> the American public, I mean, what you're working with as far as pulling the wool over their eyes is like, you know, they're not sophisticated. No. I'm sure Smollett, a week from now, will be doing like... Uh, commercials for the NAACP and winning awards and shit <laughs> because people are fucking retarded. They are, but also I think you I think we overestimate how tuned in people are to a lot of the scandal stuff. So a lot of people watching the show probably don't even aren't even aware of his the dick grabbing stuff from Christmas 3 years ago. All right. They probably just see Terry Crews and think, "Oh, he's I love him or whatever." I mean, they probably don't they probably aren't as wrapped up in it as people like ourselves are in terms of we know all the details. He's just being presented as this new guy. Like, I don't think the people watching Mass Singer know Nick Cannon's history. They yeah. just know he was Mariah Carey's husband, and he's, a, and he's really funny and outgoing. So <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Well, he seems funny because people fake laugh at everything he says. I want to go... And by the way, they all, they all, they have to, I think at this point it has to be a black host. That's sort of where network has figured out they have to be. Right. So, you know, God bless Terry Crews, man. I mean, I always, like, I always admire cunning people that are success that are successful i don't i i wish that we lived in a society where they wouldn't win or they wouldn't be rewarded with millions and millions of dollars um oh, i don't i don't like them but i admire i admire that sort of dark intelligence i don't mind people that con dumb people and yes what uh what was terry cruz's nfl career short-lived uh, like a, two or three years i think with the minutes with the vikings i think okay this is now this is now 25 years ago well i want to go find the guys that were on the roster and ask him how he behaved in the locker room <laughs> just curious if they would give me the well we always knew uh you know no one talked about it or, really? or if he was just a normal dude i don't know i assume back in the day he was just riding up and doing weights and probably was a very angry guy but he, you know, he's an old, he's like, what's he, 50-something now? I mean, he's like a, not a young guy. He's been around for a while. Yeah. So he, his playing career was 30, 25, 30 years ago. Well, I'm sure at least five or ten of those guys are still alive. Matt, I want to ask you about Jeff Bezos' penis. Mm. Yeah, you can't order that on Amazon. I <laughs> can't order that on Amazon. It, it's Amazon is one of the most interesting companies in so much as I only recently learned how deeply involved they are with uh, like facial recognition technology, uh, data mine spying on American citizens and how they have massive contracts with the DOD and the CIA for a lot of their technology. Because I still look at them as just the destroyer of mom and pop shops, bookstores and, and, and pharmacies. Mm -hmm. But literally, it seems like Behind the scenes, and this doesn't make them necessarily, Jeff Bezos necessarily evil. I mean, he's opportunistic. Uh, and I think all the big software companies and online companies do this. But he seems to be getting more and more into selling data technology and spying technology to 
national security agencies at home and, ab- <laughs> and abroad. I wonder if some of the Amazon products were just vestiges of that research, like the thing that hears all your conversations and then suggests oh, yeah. what you should... Is, is that just part of something they're selling to the Israeli government? Likely. I mean, I think they... They have such a once you once you have such a massive user base like Facebook or Google or Amazon, then you can just run massive spying experiments and see what works. Right. I mean, where else would you have a hundred million or two hundred million user base, a bought-in voluntary user base to test your spy software on Le- legally? Right. You know. I mean, you, they actually have. There's. I think those Alexa things are in. The Amazon things are in like forty million homes now. So, so you, do you think they're just gathering data? Yes. Is it is it a different company? Is it ostensibly that they're just developing these products to sell on their platform, or no, is, no? I think they have a commonly, separate. Okay. I think it's a separate. I mean, it, it's a subsidiary of private Amazon, but they're using their. If you think about it, it's a perfect thing. So they have this massive platform, just like Facebook and Zuckerberg selling the data, selling marketing data. They have this. They, what they do is they provide the raw data to a third party company. Which then uses it for this more insidious purpose, and they won't tell you who the third party is usually. No, I've tried this. It, it, it's like 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 what Cambridge Analytica was doing with the Facebook data. That's frightening if their <laughs> if their main thing is facial recognition because yes. you're obviously sitting in front of your computer on Amazon when you're logged in, and it, to to turn on the webcam. Uh, now, what you would do with that, I don't know, but you would certainly have that's data that you could then use for. Uh, developing facial recognition whatever you know well and these companies have so much cash these companies have so much cash on hand that they're also buying up these additional technology companies so uh, i think a few weeks ago we talked about the the taylor swift concert last summer yeah when they blasted the uh facial recognition cameras at forty thousand people and so what they're working on now and what the uh, the government the you know the cia is most interested in are these cameras that do facial recognition in crowds so it can scan like five thousand people at one time and pick out faces from among those five thousand people. That's what they're. That's the big prize. What they're what they're going for is being able to do widespread cameras where they can use you know go to big events or you know, fifty thousand people in a stadium and pick out three people they're looking for. Yeah, and to have your face on your ticket match the ticket holder, so you know yes. eliminate scalping. And I mean, there's money in it for well, the, the biometric the stuff is I think has a commercial purpose, but this seems. This seems fucking scary, but I want to get back to Bezos' penis. Oh, right. Really the more interesting thing. And no one's seen the pictures, and I'm assuming based on the fact that Bezos uh, keeps re- republicized the, the penis story, he gotta, he's got to be hung. <laughs> just, I feel like a guy with a small penis like Trump tries to get rid of the evidence, yeah. whereas Bezos seems to be taunting them to release the photos. Well, can't you always just... Because I almost never send dick pics out... No, nah, I wouldn't do that. But I have once or twice, <laughs> and uh, I don't not 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 unsolicited. But oh, well, of course. Um, as long as your face, you've been cat. I'm sure you've been catfished many times by a a hot teen in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> as long as your face isn't in the photo, who's to say whose dick it is? Well, he put um, uh, Bezos. I, so, but Bezos was what happened was so he sent he's he's ditching his wife. He's he's gonna engage to Lauren Sanchez, who's this. L.A. news, uh, I don't know what they call them nowadays. What do you call like a news person who's also just super hot and does all the sports? She's not a sports anchor. She's like an anchor, yeah, hostess. S- sideline? Uh... No, she's like a, I don't know, like a, like an Aaron Andrews, but 
She does more than sports. I don't know what it would be. She's also Latina, obviously. So she, she chimes in in like two sentence bursts. Yes. of really obvious shit that. But she's connected to every cele- every sports celebrity and celebrity around. So she's so she used to be married and she had a baby with like Tony Gonzalez and she was dating Derek Fisher and some mega That's sports. That's a red agent. flag, right there. <laughs> yeah, like, she's been with like engaged like three or four times and. But Fisher's like the biggest douchebag. I mean, his yes. whole circle of people is like is you know trash people. She's like she is a, a winning winning version of like the NBA wives type reality show thing. Like she's like if you look at like Matt Brimmer, Matt Barnes's wife was dating Derek Fisher. And then he went over and punched them, and it's always women who date serial date like professional athletes. Yeah, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. She has her own career, but she got the ultimate. This is the richest guy in the country. Yeah, one of the richest guys in the world. This isn't fucking Matt Barnes. We're talking. No, about. This, <laughs> this is the ultimate prize. And got him to leave his wife of 24 and years. Are they? They're dating, or they're they're not engaged. They're gay, they, I don't know if they're engaged or da- they're seriously dating. But he they went on uh, they went on record as being an official couple. And he's leaving his wife, which not that it's going to hurt his pocketbook, but it's going to cost him fifty billion, fifty billion dollars <laughs> because Washington is a uh, community property is a community property state, and he married her when he had eleven bucks in the bank, and so half of everything he owns goes to her, which is well. I heard she helped develop a lot of the technology. Oh yeah, I'm, not, she, I'm, I'm just not, I'm joking. By the way. No, she probably did not, but you know she had to like have sex with a bald, weird looking dude for twenty four years and. Whatever else, and it was a community property state, and he had no money at the time. So there's a good chance that 24 years later, he could have still had 11 dollars in the bank, and she stuck with him. And he got he's got 100 billion or she deserves something. She's getting I don't half. Know if she deserves more than a billion, though. Well, I think she's getting 40 billion or so. <laughs> it's all in, it's all in stock. So you know, think about a dude who leaves his wife, and we talked about this. Like I always envision the model of being a billionaire and having the wife, and she's got community property, so she's got half of your massive fortune. You know. So instead of divorcing her, you just have what I would recommend is lots of high-class, attractive escorts visit you at your private condo or wherever it is as, yeah. as needed. I mean, the guy's 55. He's probably not that much of a horned dog. Uh, he probably needs it every now and then. So why do why this Lauren Sanchez obviously mesmerized him enough. I think any guy obsessed with fitness at yes. a certain age is a horned dog. Yeah, uh, well, he's probably dropping a lot of testosterone, right? So his hair's all his hair's all out. Well, he's replacing it though. Well, replacing it, yes. <laughs> but I mean, he's 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 clearly into his body image. Uh, he's clearly into sex because that's why he's leaving his wife for Lawrence, for Lauren Sanchez, yeah. who I assume knows what she's knows what she's doing. And her brother's like a huge Trump guy. Well, so that's a, that was the weird story. So somehow Jeff Bezos decided to send her romantic texts, which is nice, but he also sent her dick pics, Lauren Sanchez. And somehow those pictures got in the hands of the National Enquirer, and now it's been traced back to Lauren Sanchez's brother, who is, yes, a Trump supporter and maybe supports the National Enquirer, who's best friends with Trump. It's sort of unclear, but what's really unclear is how a dude gets his sister's n- naked photos off of, her, off of her cell phone without her permission. I think the only way is... This is an instance where what you see in the movies is sometimes... Sometimes accurate. The only real way is if he, so you, he could go to her house and like maybe she synced her phone up to her computer and she goes downstairs to uh, make a drink and they're hanging out and he gets a thumb drive, sticks it in her computer, copies it. Or, she, you know, he's at her house, she sets her phone down and, and he grabs it, he looks at her typing the passcode in and sort of memorizes it. I, I've done that, it's not that hard. Really? Not for nefarious purposes, but... 
if I see someone open their phone two or three times, if I want to, I can. Oh, I see. I can tell what they're. Well, yeah. I mean, I assume if he if he set upon her to scout her phone, he could probably do it. Although you'd have to assume that he knew there were Jeff Bezos dick pics on there <laughs> to make it worth his while. Like, what was he looking for? Well, it's always in these cases where stuff comes out. You know, no one's going to mention that she sent him. You know, five pictures with a dildo up her ass. Like. <laughs> No, that's not part of the conversation. Well, the Inquirer doesn't have that. Although it's possible the brother decided not to send those pictures to the Inquirer. That's what I'm saying. Because he's still her brother. Although there's he's... always two sides to the story. <laughs> well, no doubt she's sending. There's, there's no... a back and forth. So I, it's not like he was like, "Happy Valentine's Day." Here's five pictures of my dick. Yes. You know, obviously <laughs> the worst. This was part of their relationship. The worst part is how he describes. So he. So he, the, the, here's the problem with Bezos. He's clearly he's an engineering nerd, and, and God bless him, he's like a self-made guy, basically, almost entirely. Uh, you know, he came up. His his parents were had no money. Came out in New Mexico. He's a really was a really smart engineer. Came up with the idea for for books. You know, the bookstore thing. Built this thing himself. Whether he's evil or not evil, whatever. He's obviously built an empire on his own, basically, and but he's clearly not. When nerds come up against like real like. Ho bags, <laughs> like real celebrity Hollywood dirt. Mm-hmm. They always lose. They just not. It doesn't matter how much money he has, how smart he is. The guy like Bill Gates is too smart to get involved in that shit. But Bezos obviously is having a midlife crisis of I don't some think kind. Bill Gates is a real hornball either. No, but uh, yeah, obviously a lot of this is driven by the dick itself. Yeah, but these guys uh, can see. He, I mean, he's the king of Seattle, but he doesn't understand that. Like, just a, a, a whether she's a gold digger, or whatever. Sports reporter can take him down like in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like he does, he's not equipped for this world of like uh, basketball wives, of dick pics being sent to the National Enquirer and ha- and being extorted by being extorted by people and having bro- nefarious brothers stealing, you know, opening up cell phones and stealing uh, sexting sexting messages from somebody else and selling them to somebody else. Yeah, it's different rules. It's a different ball game. And you know, he's in Seattle. He's fifty five. There are not beautiful women who aren't married walking around Seattle <laughs> no. that are in their 30s. On their fourth marriage? like Well, in that case, maybe, but I'm saying the pool is very small, whereas in L.A., the pool is quite large, actually. Right, and but there are also, would you say, slightly more cunning women in L.A. than there are in, 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 in the Northwest? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it would be uncommon for him to be able to fuck this hot of a chick in seattle he'd, he'd have to put in a ton of work it's it's purely a numbers game well but he's got a hundred billion in the bank so he probably could right he probably could get some hot co-ed well you he know. could go to mexico he could uh, he could do anything he wants but i mean trump was bringing in the the, the porn stars dude still even if if you don't want to fuck hookers you're talking my theory yes on, if you don't yes but you're starting with the premise that you don't want to fuck hookers here's my here's my theory if you find a woman that's cool, hot, and smart. Um, you know she's she's gonna be locked up, and, right. and you're left with you're left with hot chicks that are smart and not cool, or or hot chicks that are cool and dumb. Um, you're not really gonna find that. That it doesn't exist, and and because they're already married to Jeff Bezos or someone. Yes, like that, that's true. But, but so so what Trump did was he just ordered up like porn stars and Playboy models for like one nighters. Which seems to me, as gross as that is, that seems to me the model a billionaire wants to go for. That seems to be... He's looking at it like a business transaction. Yes. Whereas Bezos obviously fell for this woman who uh, did things to him and teased him in a way that got to his 
is a 55-year-old horn dog, horn dog self. Well, you could be as smart as Jeff Bezos. I'm sure he's you know a genius, or he's obviously just a, ve- a very smart guy. But you know, you're not thinking about what's best for you. When you'll, you'll tell yourself whatever you want to hear. Yes. When you're when you're trying to fuck that chick. The the the, the dick still leads, and literally in his in his pictures. Did you read his medium uh, his response on Medium? I don't know why people go to medium.com for their open letter responses. <laughs> Since he could probably go to the New York Times, but uh, or he owns the Washington Post. It feels like he had another outlet he could go to. But he he wrote about like the nature of the photos, which is great. Like man standing with erect penis bear coming out of towel, like, like very much like an Aspie engineer, <laughs> Aspie engineer would, <laughs> as opposed to just dick, as opposed to dick pics, digging himself a hole. He does not. I don't. These guys don't understand. No matter how smart they are, it's always like I always I always think about doctors. Doctors always end up in really bad investments mm-hmm. because they assume because they're you know they're all straight A students and they went to Harvard Medical School that they must be smart, like at financial investments, and they always end up investing in a bar or restaurant that goes bankrupt or some real estate scam, and they get lose all their money. Yeah. People who are really smart assume they are sort of good at everything, and I think he just got snookered into this Lauren Sanchez thing, and even if it's not her directly, the people around her are all fucking shady, and this guy's fucking famous. He did, and, and then he doubled down, which I like. He's like, I'm not going to let you blackmail me. If you want to yes. show my dick pics, I'll fucking sue you and have you th- probably thrown in some kind of jail. Um, like, I'll crush you. And, th- and there's an interesting dynamic in that he owns the Washington Post, and Pecker owns, well, the the uh, Inquirer is owned by this guy Pecker, who's best friends with Love Trump, who's, um, they have a shady relationship going back a long time. And so it's almost like the, the Post versus this crappy tabloid in a way, and... Um, I don't see how the Enquirer can win. They, they well, I think they already, I think they already have one, haven't they? They're, they're seedy, muckraking. Well, didn't they try and blackmail? I mean, can't they, he? Yeah, they try to. Them? They, he can. He can do all this stuff, and maybe he can destroy them in courts. It's like the Peter Thiel thing with Gawker. I mean, he's already lost. He's already lost in a way. He's already in this penis pick scandal. And everyone's now looking at Lauren Sanchez and why he left his wife. And talk, people like us are talking about how he let his dick make him give him bad decision making. All this shit is now exposed about him. Whereas before he was just this uh, un, 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 uh, you know, unbashed, unquestioned genius. Yeah. And now we realize he's just a fucking dude who does a lot of karate in the mirror and, wants to, and takes pics of himself coming out of the shower for his hot younger, hot younger girlfriends who's leading him around by the balls. I think people should just start putting it out there like. <clears throat> Kind of like when you release your tax returns or something. Like, look, I'm just going to show you my dick right now. Get it over with. Here it is. It'll be on my website. Take a look. There it is. So in the future, you know, any dick pics come out. No one would talk about it. No one would care. They'd be like, this guy is pragmatic. Really? That's your plan? I, I, don't, I mean, I mean, it's good. It's, if he's a young, we, is it if, coming to that? If he's a, if you're a young hot dude with a big dick, I suppose that works well. If you're like the guy, I don't know. If you if you start a new hot new app and you're 25 and and you've got a big dick, I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, just to put it all out there. But you know, if you're a 55 year old family man and you're the head of a, a huge public company, I think people are worried about. The, Elon Musk kind of made everyone nervous. Mm-hmm. That you could be this really successful billionaire head of a company, and still also be just a normal loser, dude, sort of loser dude who does loser dude things for yeah. wit, for chi- like that starts dating Amber Heard or starts doing stupid shit and like becoming like almost comical in a way. 
Because there's a lot of stock, Amazon stockholders who must be a little nervous right now, thinking like, wait a minute, is this genius ahead of this company, like just a fucking loony, horny Looney Tunes? Well, he's a real person, though, too. I mean, he's not uh, uh, something on a, on a piece of stock on a paper. I mean, he's a human being. Yeah, but you don't think like the head of like a General Motors would be into this or like some staid old, C- staid old CEO who feels responsible. I mean, he might be doing it on the side, but you feel like these, these tech guys who are billionaires and run companies might be a little less stable than some of these like stalwart CEOs. Yeah. Because, by the way, they're really smart, for one. They're really smart. And smart, really smart people tend to be weird. And ironically, they understand technology and, yes. and how easy it is yes. to sort of get into these things and, and for these things to, to creep out and be leaked and blah, 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 and hacked and whatnot. But there are also dudes who got beat up in high school and didn't get laid till they were like 25 and may have chips, may have chips on their shoulder and they're just aspy and kind of weird. So they're prone, and then now they're now they're the richest people in the world, and they're prone to being sort of whimsical. I think, yeah, which is being a fifty-five-year-old richest guy in the world sending fucking pics of your dick hanging out of your towel. It is. It's kind of (laughs) innocent, and it's um, yeah, like a teenage. It's like a teenage behavior. You just don't want to think. I don't want to think that anyone else is going to see your dick pic. No, no, no. There was was no reason to send it unless she was soliciting it for this purpose. Or I assume well, we don't trust her for a second. No, right? I wouldn't trust her at all. I mean, do, we're I, I, we're she's both a Terry assuming Cruz, that she's she of sports. had something to do with this, aren't we? I think she's well. I think she was up either up for whatever he asked for and, and, and encouraging him, or she was get, trying to get uh, dick pic, dick pics out of him, and then she's going to move back in with Tony Gonzalez or <laughs> some other athlete. And I can't talk about his dick anymore. It's making me nervous. <laughs> Matt, let's talk about naked women. Uh, Dr. Victoria ba- Bateman, she is my favorite uh, feminist economist professor, feminist economy professor. Uh, when did they merge, by the way? When did colleges start giving out like regular old-fashioned like uh, major areas or study areas and then just add the word feminist to it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I'm a feminist cancer researcher. Yes. Like, all right. So <laughs> she's a, I'm a feminist historian. I'm a feminist art history teacher. I'm a feminist social science. So she focuses mostly on the price of tampons and uh, well, hair cleaning products. I, I understand that you're an economist and you're a feminist, but how did feminist econo- economists become a area of study? Like, So like we take all men out of the economics equation? Well, women used to not have any money, right? Like the husband yes. made all the money and then he allotted the wife whatever. Oh, those were the good old days. Had and yeah. Now it's nearly 50-50 in dual-income households. Um well, I assume the Cambridge professor does okay. I mean, you know, she's a Cam- full Cambridge uh, tenured professor, and uh, she's got degrees from Oxford and Cambridge, and she's only 39 years old. And she's, I- I'm guessing that if, you're, if you have that background and you also call yourself a feminist economist, you can work anywhere. She's going to be talking about there should be no sales tax on, on maxi pads and stuff. Like <laughs> you, you believe that feminists only talk about, the tamp- only talk about tampons? Well, what? How is it going to differentiate from? Well, I think she. I think she could study in areas of, say, women in developing nations, like the economies, uh, uh, how women in developing nations are are subjugated. Like based Stella's on campaign, where where uh, they want you to buy Stella so that they can give women clean water, and yes. they say in the ad, uh, the the water crisis, the international water shortage, disproportionately affects women more than men, and. Uh, 
That is not an honest way of phrasing that. No, You're don't. telling me that women are drinking less water? I don't know. Well, maybe the men are taking the water and the women have to take the drops off the floor or something <laughs> like that. So this woman, Victoria Bakeman, she likes to do, she put up a thing on Twitter last week where she's naked and, and did it. I forgot you're allowed to put nudity on, on Twitter, but then I remember there's a lot of porn on Twitter. Yeah, I follow some porn stars on Twitter. And uh, so she, she's a real professor. She likes to be naked. She put a picture of her, her body on, on, on Twitter. She Full writes, frontal naked. Yes, and really, you can always tell a feminist because not only do they appear naked, but they're not sexy, and they always have pen marks. They always have slogans written on their, on their nude front. They don't work out. No, they don't work out, and they always have... Uh, uh, someone wrote something. I, I always wonder, someone else must write on you, correct? I mean, you cannot write on your own tits. It doesn't work. I never thought about it. It would be very difficult. In a mirror, you have to write backwards, right? You have to write the thing backwards so it would look right in yeah, the mirror. I think you could <laughs> kind of do it, but it, hers look pretty good. Yeah. Although she does it a lot. She does it a lot. And uh, she got, I don't know, 8 million views on Twitter on her naked photos, which just goes to show uh, that while she's trying to make a point about how uh, women's breasts and naked women shouldn't be objectively sexually objectified. That's exactly how she got eight million eight million views on Twitter. Wait, what? I still cannot figure out what her point was. Well, so what she does is she's got a history. I got a little history here of her opposing naked. Now imagine. I, I I don't know if you had any college professors who were like a four five four four out of ten, but imagine how unsexy it would be if they showed up naked to teach your class. Teach your class. I mean, it'd be like a little funny thing for a minute then you'd be like i would leave her, i would hand her a blanket and say look this is not this is not cool and by the way i'm not sexist if i had a male teacher and he showed up naked i would also leave or ask him to cover up i um, would be so confused yes as to what was happening i mean is anyone focusing on the lecture everyone's just waiting to get out of the class and tell all their friends about this crazy <laughs> bitch that's teaching their class right? tenure is an amazing thing and I'll, not just tenure but being a feminist i'm assuming as a feminist economist you get fired. You get fired last after all the other after all the other regular old economists. You can't fire the only feminist economist on your entire staff because then you're going to be accused of all sorts of shit. So she's appeared naked at least five times in public. Where and I'm, I don't mean like running naked. I mean where she goes to give an hour long speech and she's completely naked and writes slogans on her chest and gives speeches at colleges or and her speeches are about not objectifying women. Her, she had some point about Twitter. She's talking about the se- censorship. Or she tries to do that. Well, there's a whole thing now. I, I know you. I don't know if you saw that case in New Hampshire. The ladies, the ladies lost their right to be topless at the beach in New Hampshire. The New Hampshire Supreme Court ruled that women can still not be topless at the beach while men can be. Oh, and that was a big. First of all, I'm sure you're in my camp where you don't give a shit. But of course, it was three unattractive, <laughs> unattractive heavyset women who wanted to be topless at the beach. It's never. It's never fucking Emily Rajakowski fighting for the right to be topless at the beach. In which case, the, the New Hampshire Supreme Court ruled three to two against the fat ladies being topless at the beach. I have to feel like if Emily Rajakowski and uh, Adriana Lima and like another hot Victoria's Secret model filed this case, they'd get at least one switch, switch, switch over votes. One guy would switch over and they'd win three two as opposed to losing three two. Probably. Because I know I would. I just, as a judge, I would throw everything out the window and say, oh, so you hot chicks want to be naked at the beach? I, sounds, sounds it's cool. so not an issue, man. I've been at beaches in Hawaii, and if you want to be topless on the beach, you really think a lifeguard's going to come up and say, oh, excuse me, you have to cover up. Uh, Matt, I, last time I was in Hawaii, that exact thing happened. Really? Yeah, to a woman who was... The European people come out, they're always topless at the beach. Huh. But it's always in front of the hotels, like in front of the nicer hotels. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I'm probably at a public beach, they wouldn't give a shit. 
but in front of the uh, those uh, beaches are very uh, you know highly populated. Yeah, but like in front of a Sheraton or some hotel, whatever the the like in Kanapali, the the little police beach police will come by and tell women to put their tops on because Americans aren't really comfortable with it. And I'd also mention, as just a matter of what I've learned through life, 98% of the women who go naked at the beach are disturbingly unattractive. Or do you think the guys come up to the woman because it's a fail-safe way of getting a good look at her rack? Maybe. When you come up and tell her... Yeah, I think it's just. I think it's. Do just, people complain? Is what they I'm, don't want the old people. Kind of what I'm. They don't want the old people from Wichita coming up to complain about shit. Yeah. So I kind I kind of get that. But uh, uh, this here's the thing: the Victoria Bateman, excuse me, Doctor Victoria Bateman. Uh, the whole thing is like she always says she's trying to ask people. She wants people to talk about the sexualization of women in society, like how women are sexualized, treated as objects, and. This whole nudity thing. These women. There's always women who go around, uh, feminists who go around naked or topless or free the nipple, all this shit like that. And it's always they always claim it's designed to raise the conversation about the inequality between men and women and how women are sexually objectified. Is there any evidence whatsoever that a woman being naked convinces other people, men specifically, to think twice about how they objectify women, or do they just look at her tits and maybe get a get a hard get a hard <laughs> on? Yeah, it seems like. A weird way of proving your point because uh, I mean, I get it, it's kind of a protest, you know, like, uh, but people are always gonna, guys are always gonna want to see naked women. It's not about objectification necessarily, it's human nature. It's the reason that Bateman was born, right? Is that her dad wanted to see her mom naked at some point, and the reason nature gave women so I'll repeat this anthropological fact because it's one of the few I know. Uh, uh, humans are the only mammals that have, uh, females that have engorged breasts, regardless of their uh, mating situation, regardless of being pregnant. Hmm. So other animals, apes, other dogs, whatever, they only swell in their breast area when they are, are feeding their children, their offspring. Whereas uh, human females have breasts just from puberty on, regardless of their, their, their situation related to pregnancy. And it's been shown in many studies that this is related to attracting the opposite sex to have sex. Uh, it was a it was an evolutionary advantage that humans had in that uh, men saw breasts, engorged breasts, and turned them on. They had sex with women who then became pregnant and fed through their breasts. Yeah, it makes sense. So it, it's very not. Na- I mean, so now yes, of course, if everybody, like you said, in Hawaii or in Europe, people are topless at the beach and nobody thinks twice about it, or so you think. Because I was at a <laughs> European topless beach, and obviously for forever the women there have been topless, so the, the men aren't like obviously ogling or boys aren't going, look at those tits and stuff like that. That would be unseemly. But when you talk to the guys in private, they're all going, look at that. Look at that chick's tits. <laughs> like, they're all, still lo- they're all still looking. They've socialized to the point that like, they're not saying things out loud. But of course, they're all still looking at the hot chicks taking off their tops. That's just part of, you know, they want to have sex with those women. I mean, they probably want to have sex if they were bikini tops as well. But they're still going to look extra hard. Well, and you don't want to blow your cover. Obviously, there's some correlation. I guarantee if you did a study, chick who goes topless at the beach, probably a little bit hornier than your average woman with the one piece. I would bet on it. In the U.S., probably, for sure. I just remember going to the European... It just shows they're not hung up. I mean... Have you seen naked... naked, Have you gone to those beaches in Europe where all the German women are naked? Oh, Lord. It looks like the elephant seals have come to to roost on the beach. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's, there's... married middle-aged women that go topless at the beach and don't naked, think twice about naked. it. Ah, oh, jeez, I'm, I'm saying I'm if, you're a, if you're a 19-year-old chick and you're just walking around with your tits out, 
you know, you're not doing anything nefarious. You're not asking to get fucked on the beach, but there's a little Bezos in you, a little showmanship in you, a little bit. Yeah, which is, uh, I mean, whether or not you're doing it with a a teeny bikini on or topless, you're still looking for the same. You're still looking for the same reaction. Yeah, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Let's say it's. I mean, when a gay dude goes to the beach in a banana hammock and right it's the same principle like what you don't think he's trying to cut time off his 50 50 <laughs> meter dash no, the play ball they're always thing. playing right, here's what i know is that at, at, at nude beaches uh, with the men they're always playing volleyball <laughs> i don't understand that yeah there's like I, I understand that i understand like the feeling of freedom of being naked like walking along the beach i doesn't appeal to me but i can understand how that would be feel very natural but playing sports naked there's just nothing natural about that i believe the earliest human beings invented the loincloth is fast as possible to provide some support for their nutsack when, yeah. they, were, when they were running. <laughs> it, and those guys, so I've been to the beach with family members and other people's families, and no one would ever make fun of someone who was overweight or look at that woman's saggy tits. Uh, you know, that would never happen. But it's universally accepted that you make fun of the guy in the Speedo. Yes, no matter course. who you are. Of course. Or what, man, woman, mom, dad, everyone thinks it's fucking hilarious. Because I don't think, despite, despite what Bezos may think, I don't think men have ever really attracted women with their genitals. No. <laughs> so there's, never, there's never been a... I mean, women may scream at bachelorette parties for the stripper, but there's never been a time where the woman goes like, Check out his dick. I bet he would make a great husband. <laughs> yeah. You don't go to the strip club and it's fucking Edward Norton with a 12-inch dick, right? It's, no. They're mostly focused on the on the buys and the, yes. the, the abs. Yes. And now, granted, <laughs> they don't want the one-inch dick, but frankly, I, I don't think it's even on their minds so much. I don't think they think, when they look at like the list of hot celebrities, I don't think they're listing. Like, so earlier I objectified Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez by her rack. I don't think women, when they give a poll of like who the hottest guy in Hollywood is, include dick size in their thinking. <laughs> Whereas men are more likely to go with the bleach blonde big tit chick, the obvious chick. Because yeah. that just sticks out that sticks out in their mind. Well women I mean, with men it is a bit of a disadvantage. So women uh no one's really concerned about the size of your vagina. No, it's it's well like yes. oh, it's going around town that you know Jennifer Lawrence has a really small vagina or a huge vagina, probably huge. <laughs> and yes. the boobs, you can already more or less tell what that's all about. But if you're dating some dude, I mean, most guys have you know an average sized dick. Obviously, that's why it's average. But you don't know. I mean, it it could be a micro penis. It could. It could. And if could. you have that micro penis. What do you do? Wear a fucking name tag that says <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff and my, I have a micro. I don't think there's any. I feel like there's no Cambridge professors who could be male professors who could be naked and receive the same attention she did. I would just like to suggest that perhaps uh, putting it on uh, clothing and accomplishing something in the field of economics, like say a Nobel Prize, will do more for women than than doing uh, naked selfies on <laughs> naked selfies on Twitter in terms of advancing the cause of women in the workplace and economics. No, this is just masturbatory. It, she's working out some kind of issue that she has. She gets off. She get, the women who do this stuff in naked, uh, they get off on it, right? It's their fetish. Is this going to become more graphic? Like, is she <laughs> just casually going to be, you know, know. working a, <laughs> a rolling pin into her snatch while she's <laughs> talking about economics? And we're just supposed to pretend that she's a legitimate person <laughs> at this point? I'd watch it. I mean, she's obviously a, here's the thing. She's obviously a smart person. She's an economist with... Degrees from Cambridge and Oxford, so I would I would put this under sexual under sexual fetish or perhaps sexual uh, traumatization. <laughs> yes, but is, is she living? Is she calling everyone Uncle Uncle Pete <laughs> and like I mean, and you, touching herself? 
you could be smart. You could be real smart and be nuts. Oh yeah, I'll go back to I'll go back to Bezos again. Another chick blogger has written yet another article about being uh, an Asian chick engaged to a white dude. And I know that you yourself have yellow fever. We've just <laughs> discussed that. Um, but so this is a big article on uh, MSN, uh, whatever the hell MSN is. I know it's, I know it's the uh, it's like MSNBC online. I don't know that anyone actually bookmarks MSN.com. Although it's, uh, there's always weird. These like these massive roll up uh, conglomerate sites will have like 80 million lists, like 80 million visitors a month. But you never ever visit it. Your, you never ever visit it yourself, and you don't know even they exist. But MSN.com has like 80 million visitors a month, hmm. and uh, I assume it's all just networked out. They appear like on Yahoo or other AOL or stuff like so that. They do like the short videos, right? They do the short videos. They do idiotic articles, and then they just—I assume—they appear on like 8,000 you know satellite sites, which is what they count as their thing. Because I don't know that anyone bookmarks MSN.com. No, you never hear about it. So. So another a- young Asian woman has written an article about how crazy her life is because she's engaged to a white dude, which by based on the photo, I think the bigger issue is that he looks like he may be gay. <laughs> Could have written about that. I'm married to engaged to a gay dude would have been a better article. Uh, but I think you and I talked about this. And isn't, isn't, these, isn't these very trite, banal, like making a big deal out of some stupid, idiotic thing like interracial marriage or interracial dating, which is not a thing anymore. She lives in San Francisco. I'm sure she doesn't get odd looks or have to suffer things. Maybe her parents don't like the fact that she's married a white dude. That's possible. Um, but isn't this really, isn't this whole state of journalism just based off the fact that these young guys and mostly young women who write all these articles have no actual real life experience? And so when pressed to write like these lifestyle or autobiographical pieces, Unlike Hemingway writing about the bulls in Spain, or you know uh, P.J. O'Rourke, who I love writing about being in Cambodia during with Pol Pot during the war for Rolling Stone, uh, are actually just writing about the relationships and pretending it's a huge social issue. Yeah, they have no material, so they take something about themselves and act like it's uh, like it's this big deal. And the, comedians used to do this all the time too. It would be like, so get this. I'm half Jewish and I'm from Cincinnati. And you're like, okay, that sounds pretty much uh, yes. not that interesting. No. And so this chick, yeah, she's talking about she's an Asian girl uh, engaged to a white guy. And she's worried that he might have yellow fever, that it might be, he might have yellow fever. Uh, yes. yes. I, I mean, <laughs> I have, of all of my friends, I would say that are married. Or in relationships, I'd say it's 50-50 that they're interracial. And I've never really heard them talk about it. They don't think it's it's even worth talking about. No. They're, they're, they're not hung up on They don't want to not talk about it. It's just that they have, they're fun people who want to have more fun and interesting things to talk about. Right. If that's, if that's the most, like, what's in, if someone says to a, a young journalist trying to write, like, you know, a, a cool article about the state of the world or how she, how she fits into the world or experiences she had. And they say, what's the coolest thing about you you could write about? They go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dating a white guy. Oh, right. wow. That's like, uh, wow, there's only 18 million of you doing that right now. That's really, that's really yeah, interesting. They don't have shit. And I also noticed another thing they do because they don't have anything is they, they essentially invent an issue to write about. So it's like, 
I'll see these articles pop up a lot that's like, I ate only beef for a month. And I'm like, (laughs) why? Or, (laughs) you know, like I tried an ultra marathon. I'm kind of like... Like a hipster challenge. Like, I don't know. Well, you're not an athlete. So if if an ultra marathoner wanted to tell me what it was like, I I would probably read that if I had any interest in it. But... Yeah, you're just like a doughy writer. Like, I, I don't care what you're doing at all, uh, but I think it's just because there's nothing else to, you, you know, you're inventing a conflict more or less. I think it's a combination of two things. One is that these young writers, have, they've gone through the high school, then they go to, you know, uh, some liberal arts college, they go to Berkeley or they go to some you know, NYU, which they think is an experience, but it's really not a world worldly experience. Uh, it's a very, very cloistered, it's safe environment. And then they get out, and rather than spending like the next ten years like traveling the world or l- having real jobs or doing interesting things or taking up like you know going to do something in Ghana for two years, they just move directly into these blogging jobs, these journalist jobs in New York and San Francisco and Los Angeles, and they have no real nothing to write. They have nothing, no material to write about, and the combination of that with the fact that the magazines and outlets are no longer paying people. <laughs> <laughs> is that instead of like giving a, a, a to Bibi a, like you know a, a twenty thousand bucks for a long form like piece or thirty thousand bucks where you can spend some time on it? Yeah, they're giving you like you know a hundred dollars <laughs> and asking you to write these articles. So it's not like you can travel to uh, sub-Saharan Africa to in- investigate what's going on between the warlords. Uh, no. You're kind of trapped at like what you can write at Starbucks in San Francisco in, in in two days. Yeah, and it's all this bubble of like as if the rest of the country is obsessed with race and yes. cares about these like microaggressions. I mean, I, I did not renew my subscription to the New Yorker, which, you know, has gone down in quality, but they published an article from their female editor, a proofreader, not about proofreading the articles that went into the New Yorker. <laughs> yes. And I, <laughs> I read it because I was wondering what was you know like did she uncover a crime <laughs> but no it was just about like proofreading right it was just filler just a complete filler article <laughs> um it, it's totally insane the <laughs> you think about someone like a christine amanpour or something like that who's like lived the real life someone who's like been around the world done all this shit and i don't even like her that much myself but like someone like like journalists used to go out and explore the world around them. And they would dig into dirty things, and they would live in certain places, have long-term experiences and stuff. They would really put themselves in the midst of what they, of issues they were interested in. Maybe they you know, marched in the civil rights campaigns, or they went down and really embedded into, into the areas of their interest. And now it's just written completely from 50,000 feet, a uh, 50,000 foot level. Yeah. Uh, and like, this woman has an experience. Like, if you were like, a white guy married a black woman in the 60s in Alabama, I'd want to hear your story. Yeah. And all the people calling and bombing your wife and putting shit outside your house and maybe you lose your job or you're taunted at work. That would be an interesting article. But a Chinese chick marrying a white dude who looks like he works for Reddit <laughs> like in San Francisco, it's like there's no, it's like you said, there's no conflict cool there. Cool people don't give a shit. I mean, I was dating a Mexican girl for several years and uh, if someone asked, I'd say she's Mexican, or she would say to people, you know, they'd say, what are you? Because you don't look white. And she'd say, I'm Mexican. Born in America, but, you know, I'm Mexican. And then one time we were watching TV, and it was one of these type of people talking about, as someone who's in an interracial relationship. <laughs> right. And she said, I, 
we're in an interracial relationship. And I went, oh, are we seriously? <laughs> I, it had never occurred to me to even think that way because, you know, I'm busy uh, doing cool shit. You don't want to write a piece for uh, MSN.com about <laughs> what life was like in your in your Hollywood in your Hollywood apartment in an interracial <laughs> relationship. <laughs> no. All the taunting you receive. I mean, you think about it, like if you're a minor, if you're a, an Asian female. Uh, I don't know what in, you in, say in San Francisco. It's probably there's a lot of Asian people, a lot of probably eligible Asian men. But in general, you're still a minority population. So there's still a ton more white guys, even more black guys, and a ton more Hispanic guys than there are Asian guys to date. So the odds are, you know, once all the social restrictions, uh, you know, are, are dismissed, which is the case in San Francisco or LA and New York, you're probably going to date interracially, almost yeah. always, unless you intentionally don't do that. Um, so there's nothing. There's people have nothing interesting to say anymore. And I, I would even take it. A step further to this woman, whoever, whatever her name is, if there's a problem, yes. I don't think it's the white guy's parents that are going to be like, I can't believe you're dating this Asian woman. Whereas I think her parents, I think they might, uh, you know, they might be the ones making it weird. And that might be an interesting angle to this. But again, this is such a banal, yeah, trite really topic to write a big to write a big piece about. And like, you just don't. I, I just imagine if you interviewed her for an hour. You would come away going like, yeah, actually, that turns out to be the most interesting thing about it. There really was, there's really nothing else. You fucked a white guy. <laughs> you fucked a white guy. By the way, his parents must be happy because, again, he looks like he might be dating a dude. <laughs> so if she really wants to worry about what kind of fever he has, it might be uh, some kind of uh, tr truck stop fever he's going to have in a few years of the marriage. <laughs> I'd worry about marrying any guy. I have, I, have uh, I wouldn't say a friend, a woman I know who married a guy from San Francisco who was in his 30s. A bachelor, like 37-year-old bachelor, lived in San Francisco for 15 years. His hobbies were antiquing mm -hmm. and, and going to art, discovering art. And I was like, and by the way, and he's a smaller sort of petite fellow. Mm. I was like, do you not understand you're dating a gay, <laughs> you're marrying a gay guy? <laughs> like, what if you, like, would you say like in San Francisco, like single guys in their late 30s, never been married, who love antiquing? I don't know, 99.9% .9 are gay? Closeted, perhaps. Why? The denial is so <laughs> yes. fascinating. To yes, me. it's like you pick the gayest possible demographic, and you're going to marry this guy who claims to be straight, with the high pitch, with the high pitch voice, <laughs> like you know, who gets who gets flustered in moments, and like I uh, just like like from when I first met the guy from 15 feet away, I could see he was gay. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, and she's like, oh, we're so happy together. Like, oh well, just don't check his uh, bowling night. Schedule. Everyone at the wedding is talking about the same exact thing in <laughs> yes. the parking lot. Yes, <laughs> drunk. Okay, <laughs> okay, antique, <laughs> antiquing. Come on, do you know a straight dude who goes antiquing? No, that's just that's uh, Terry Crews by has that down now. Matt, there's a new piece. Of, I know. I don't know if you've canceled your Esquire magazine subscription. Who buys Esquire magazine? Uh, I don't know what that demographic uh, is any longer. Yeah, nobody. It used to be Esquire and Rolling Stone were kind of together, and they were sort of like. I mean, they had very they had very astute pieces in the past. Yeah, Esquire used to have good stuff. They were big. Pay, they were big. They would pay real dollars to real journalists to write stuff, exposés, and so forth. But now this week they put out Esquire put out an article, a cover story article. It's going to be a series. About the seventy-year-old white kid in Wisconsin, it's a piece about like blue, like the uh, the forgotten people in the U.S., which is these working-class white. I guess they're probably what you would call Trump voters. I don't think they voted Trump or not. In Wisconsin, you know, two working-class blue-collar parents, kids going to the public school, seventy-year-old, not a lot of money, 
trouble with girls and worried about drugs and worried about his future, plays hot ice hockey. A real like sort of 80s movie white dude, <laughs> vision quests, all slash all the right moves. Just a normal kid, like normal out of like a Gus Van Zant movie or something. Yeah, well, minus the, the gay sex, probably. <laughs> oh, perhaps it's not there. And immediately there's this huge social media backlash from everybody who is either a minority activist or the, 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 the sort of beta males and everybody else who feels they have to pretend that they're, they're, they're minority activists when they're actually white people in Hollywood, claiming how outrageous this was, that you would cover, have a big cover story and a series on a white male in the United States. And then people chimed in, and most especially during Black History Month, <laughs> as, if like, as if like you're restricted. There's, it's like Ramadan. You're somehow restricted to black topics right. only. You're watching golf during Black History <laughs> right. Month? Right. Uh, tiger plane? If not, you're dude, out of here, man. <laughs> and uh, there's just huge, huge backlash. Like, and if you think about it, like the last few years, everybody, so, the whole media empire, the coastal media journalists all sort of admitted that they completely missed and glossed over flyover country in the United States and how Trump won the election and how people hated Hillary, especially in Wisconsin. And how could this possibly be? And who are these people, you know, whatever they're deplorables, whatever they are, just white working class people that are sort of wasting away in the United States? Uh, un, you know, lower skilled, uh, often non-college educated. So Esquire is running a big piece on the sort of what it's like to be a 17-year-old kid in, in this country, in the middle of the country, which I have no idea what the hell that experience is like. I like it. I think it's interesting. I, I might even check it out because I think at this point we're all aware of the transgender, yes. transgender plight. And I mean, I just I can't think of the last time it seems like such a novel idea for a story. I just can't think of the last time I saw a story about like, yeah, what is a kid in the Rust Belt that right. goes to high school doing? Right. What is his life like? I frankly don't know. I want to know what drugs they're taking. <laughs> I want to know if they're getting a, a, a naked a selfies from all the girls in the school. I want to know what's you know what this what sports is like. I want to know what the you know all this stuff because I haven't checked in on that in decades. Like we have moonlight. Like I am more familiar with what it's like to be. A gay gangbanger. Gay gangbanger from of Liberty City. Then a <laughs> hockey player. Right. <laughs> and they're still, by the way, you know, I mean, as chic as it is, or unchic as it is to cover white males these days in any stories, they're still, well, there's more females technically, but they're still the dominant demographic in this country. They're still, I don't know, 100 million white males in this country for all that people want to pretend they don't exist. They're still the by far the dominant population-wise demographic, and there's zero coverage of, like you said, just a kid in the Rust Belt in the Midwest growing up in, in, in Wisconsin, what it's actually like. It's never covered in the media. There's no books written about it. There's no college courses about it. And yet there's just still a huge pop, subset population in our country that for the last 10 years not a single story's been about. Yeah, and so if you're calling them the forgotten... I don't know who's if that was your term or that was my term. They didn't. Fra they I think they sub. That was the subtext of it, which is that we just don't cover these people anymore. But they didn't say that explicitly. Well, what kind of asshole would have a problem with a profile of any person? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they do profiles of serial killers and mass rapists. I think that's okay for a white male serial killer. Like the Ted Bundy <laughs> thing no one really complained about. Right. But just a kid trying to get laid in high school and, and, and trying to make the team and, and trying to graduate high school and deciding whether or not he'll actually go to college, which is probably a weird experience for all the people who write these articles. It just boggles my mind that you would have a problem with that. It's, it's very racist. 
And Black History Month, that's <laughs> a real <laughs> red herring. That has nothing to do with anything. Well, anytime they do, uh, uh, it's funny. Anytime someone posts, obviously usually like you know a Trump person or something like that, posts anything about non-black people during Black History Month, there's always this immediate backlash of like, it's Black History Month. How could you? How could you? How could you do this during Black History Month? As if like you know, I mean, Black History Month, I guess, is a semi-good idea. Uh, although I don't really know that the people it's aimed at educating are actually being educated in any way during Black History Month. But it's not a. It's not a, like a. a they shut teach to, it in the schools mostly, though, don't they? Uh, they yeah. I don't know. I don't. I've never been. The they school. always go. I, my my problem with Black History Month is it always. So I've been around for a while. And every year, it's the same history. Yeah, they always start with the peanut butter guy. It's always George George Washington Carver. They don't tell you much about the Black Panthers. No, they're like, we, you know, we were getting shot and put in jail, so we armed ourselves. And you're like, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Or even anything in the last twenty years, like any Black history, the last twenty years of which there's been numerous extraordinary situations. Yeah, it always goes back to the 19th century and Frederick Douglass and. You know, I'm like, that's cool, but like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like Black History Month each year should only be the new history from the year before. Like, what's happened the year before? Right. Like, we got, I got, I got the, I got the whole 1920s down. I'm good on that. I'm good on the civil rights marches up through the 60s. I feel like I got that down. I want to know what happened like in 2009, like in a big, you know, black uprising in, in, you know, or, you know, the, the, Police, Eric, police Eric brutality. Garner. Eric Garner, yeah, police brutality or Black Lives Matter kind of stuff. That's kind of where it should focus on. We all got, we all got the guys. I could all picture the black guys in the ties at Harvard in the 19th century. They don't want to tell you about that. They're going to tell you about the nice black people who got along with the Quakers. <laughs> yes. they don't I, don't, to, I don't mind the whole thing, but there is also... I don't want to mention the guys that stood up for themselves. So much. No, but it's like now we have last June, I think it was. I kind of remember we talked about it was like transgender month or something. So now they come out. How can you talk about cisgender people during transgender <laughs> month? It doesn't make any sense. This is clearly, ra- this is clearly racist. It's clearly race. I don't think people understand, especially people that are claim to be very sensitive to racism, understand that when you say it's inappropriate to cover stories of white males because they don't count, that that's actually racist. <laughs> I don't. I mean, yes, whites are a majority population. And being racist against whites isn't as damaging as being race as whites being racist against blacks just by sheer number. Like blacks can't really stop white people from achieving in this country, so it's uh, there's a little bit of a power dip imbalance, and yet it's still technically the same racism. Yeah, it's it's still yeah it's still very racist, and I mean black people who, whoever the black people complaining about this were, I mean they have to understand that that black people are going to be around 15% of the population going forward. Right. It's, it's not going to change very it's much. A, it's actually dro- it's dropping, of course, because... Uh, it's uh, more Latinos. Well, it's more Latinos by percentage, but also intermarriage. Right. So, uh, you know, what is bl- considered black is, is changing in the U.S. What is white? I mean, there's a mix of races, but it's... A- L.A., I don't know if you know, L.A. has dropped... The black population in L.A., the city of L.A. has dropped in half in the last 30 years. So it's it, in a lot of major cities, uh, black population being, is being replaced by Latino population. Well, I'm just saying, if it's let's say it's ten to fifteen sure. percent, that doesn't mean that you get ninety percent of the articles. No, <laughs> that's not equality. But it's like you would if you were at if you were at a, a magazine in New York City uh, or in L.A. or San Francisco, which is all these places are, or Seattle, Portland, whatever. Writing these articles, 
you cannot pitch. Obviously, Esquire did this just to get attention, I believe. Mm. Um, and they got a ton of attention for it. But you can't pitch an, uh, an article about, hey, how are white guys doing in, um, struggling in America? The struggle of white guys in America. You can't pitch that to your editor. No. They'll, never go, they'll never go for it for this very reason that the, the sort of uh, uh, established uh, outrage elite will come down on you and say, who gives a shit about white males? That's especially during Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so ra- it's so fucking racist. It's stuff can't. So I, my question was, if Martin Luther King, uh, uh, Dr. King were alive today, would he be on Twitter slamming the portrait of a, a Wisconsin, a white kid in Wisconsin Esquire magazine as being racist somehow because it's just a white guy? No, <laughs> like, that goes against like everything he ever said. Which was... would he be snark- Would he be doing snark snarky rants on Twitter? About how we should. Then there's no reason why a magazine should cover a white male because they don't ma- they don't matter. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's the implication, then you, you, you know you're just elect. You're, you're people hate you. Yes. And they elect weird Tea Party guys that hate people like you, and also are into a bunch of other weird shit. There's a count. So you're really always, shooting yourself in the foot. Yes. There's a there's a, a, a having divisiveness, racial divisiveness. I think ultimately ends up hurting the minorities. Well, it have to. <laughs> yes, I mean that's, that's what I think is like that's what I think. The, what Dr. King saw was a colorless country, yeah. and what's happening now is there is a color-first country, and that, by the way, doesn't work out well for the minority color minority colors. I don't think people have made that connection yet. That by by inciting racism, it's not the white people who are going to lose. They may not get magazine covers. But it's not the, the 60%, 65% population that's going to lose. It's going to be the, the minority population that's going to lose. Yeah. It's a very ignorant stance. I mean, it, look, I follow Donald Trump on Twitter. I hate Donald Trump. I'll read a profile. Does he, does he DM you? <laughs> about <laughs> Donald Trump. If you're a black dude who lives in New York and wears glasses, you should want to know what it is it's like being a white teenager and you should know you should want to know as much as you can about everything especially if you're into to race and, and this is probably something you're not familiar with why wouldn't your reaction be uh either who gives a shit that'd be number one or number two why don't i check this out right and it's not like it's the 37th white guy magazine cover in the, in a row and it's been 10 years and you're sick of this shit this is novel for the very fact that there has been no coverage of white guys in so many years that they are now, at least from a media perspective, they are the minority subset because right. there's no cover. I have not read an article about a white kid in the Midwest. I, I don't remember one the last time. I've read a lot about like the transgender high school student in, in wherever and the gay black, you know, Jesse Smollett and all these other people who are, you know, they're fawning over to get cover stories on. But I've not read about the set hockey player guy in Wisconsin. Like, I have not seen that since 1980s movies. <laughs> it's just. The vision, the vision quest slash uh, 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 all the right moves slash all the Pittsburgh, you know, Steel Town Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club. <laughs> Since all the white kids in Middle America movies ended like about 1992 or 1993. God, I love those movies. They were so white, <laughs> and now they, now they mock them. But Middle America still is white. It's still just a fact of our. Na- it's still just a fact of our nation. Yeah, I mean, John Hughes could have. God, that guy was really white. Yes, I mean, he was. And but that was his that was his life experience. That was his life experience. And by the way, he wasn't pushed to multicultural up his 
movies just to fit the you know fit the current political sort of contemporary. There's f- nothing sentiment. wrong with it. It's just in his world, everyone was not only white but rich. Yeah. And, uh, well, you're from a wealthy Chicago white suburb. I mean, I love his movies. I'm just saying I would have loved to see a John Hughes movie about some kids from the wrong side of the tracks, you know? Well, a, a pretty in, uh, pretty in pink or whatever that one was. One character. <laughs> yeah. The guy who lived, was it? Was it's it, like uh, the gay hipster. Eric Stoltz or something lived on the wrong, literally lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Although yeah. he still seemed to have a lot of good shit. He still seemed to have a lot of good stuff. Cool. I don't know. I just, there's, I mean, this is, this Esquire, I think, trolled a little bit with this with this article cover story knowing that having like a, a white teen kid on the cover was going to elicit this reaction but at least it starts a com- at least that legitimately starts a conversation about what is inappropriate uh, uh you know why would a white male during black history month cover be inappropriate which is just a huge bit of racism <laughs> We got an email from Amy, uh, a, a, a woman in the UK. Now, I don't give a shit about the United Kingdom. I've decided long ago. It seems like I don't care if you got 90 million people on your island. It's still a fucking island. There's still a lot of it. My, my idea of like England is that like even though there's 90 million people, everyone is still like, unca- like uh, Tom Hanks and Castaway. Hmm. Everybody on islands seem to be nuts. You know Hawaii. Uh, uh, it's a little different because Hawaii has a lot of... Uh, it's been intermixed with all these cultures in the last 100 years. Right. But England is like... There's a story today about how Theresa May, the prime minister, like scrapes mold off her jam and then puts it on her toast. Hmm. Like that to me is England. <laughs> that's just like <laughs> that's just like even the prime minister. Just imagine how fucking dry and boring the prime minister prime minister is. It's just like they're just very a very boring, shoddy people. I don't know why I picture just deep malcontent. Yeah, like on the part of their people. Yeah, even the, like the empowered, wealthier, you know, politically politically connected people, they just seem miserable. They just seem kind of miserable. <laughs> they just seem kind of miserable and boring and down and like it's just not a jovial, not a really jovial people. Um, so I don't. I've decided I don't care about the UK, and they also, by the way, have, have sort of ceded a lot of their more liberal policies uh, to more sort of a, a fascist state type things. Including this, like their hate speech and, the, and a lot of protections we have in the U.S. People don't realize, like the First Amendment doesn't exist in the U.K. They don't have a First Amendment. There is no right to free speech in the U.K. Right. They're more liberal than, say, you know, uh, Iran, but they're not close to the United States. And the fact that you know the libel laws are very, very harsh there. So what paper, what newspapers can print about people, gossip-wise and breaking story-wise, and what you can say about other people is very, very limited compared I to the United if States. That, if that goes back to the king and queen like you can't criticize them. oh you can't say shit about them right. you can't say anything about them but um, that probably hasn't changed in a thousand years no no probably not uh it's still a monarch it still is a monarchy so this woman on online i know you like to get an online feuds so you <laughs> might relate to this woman so this they call her depending on which newspaper you look at and which angle they have on transgenderism she's either an online harasser or a, or a mother of two <laughs> <laughs> so for the more sympathetic to her side story it's a mother of two was arrested she got in a battle with a transgender woman a transgender attorney which seems like a really poor idea to pick a battle with mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when i think transgender, I how that person spends all their time yeah transgender activist attorney seems like not the person to get in a fight with but i assume that's who fights with you uh so she was online and uh, she was in a fight with this transgendered uh, attorney uh, a man who became a woman and they were arguing over whether or not 
you know, changing sexes, a person could really change their sex, uh, you know, yeah. biologically. She pretty much just stated up front that I don't believe a, I don't believe you're a woman. I don't believe you're a woman. I don't believe people can change the uh, people can change sex. The human beings can change sex. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously they can have operations, they take hormones, but they legitimately can't change from man to woman. That's her stance. And by, and by the way, way, that's supported by every sci- every bit of science out there. Supported by science and common sense, and you you can agree or disagree, but I, I can't believe we're even having a conversation about her logic on this one. Uh, no. Although I saw that woman, the, remember we talked about that lesbian woman who was kicked off the LGBT commission in Baltimore mm. because she refused to she refused to call a transgender woman by the female pronouns. Angry lesbian. Angry lesbian. Although she is, by the way, very smart, and she made the point that we've made before that feminists and lesbians, of course, are the ones most angry at men becoming women because the case she was talking about was this guy who was a rapist, okay? <laughs> he was a rapist. He raped two women. He was put in jail, identified as a woman, so he was put in a female prison and raped two more women <laughs> in prison. Whoa. Yes. I didn't get that detail. Yeah, that was... So So her whole point is, that, like, if you support women and especially single-sex uh, venues, uh, prison or sports leagues or things like that, you have to be against this idea that transgender m- women are actually women, or they're going to actually hurt in different ways women in, in single-sex space. That's a good point. Because I was watching, there's this Netflix prison show, and I hate doing this, but I got caught up and watched <laughs> like five episodes of it. And in the female jail, they're braiding each other's hair, right. singing, singing along, doing little stomp the yard performances. And in the men's prison, they're giving each other a hard time and you Sodomizing know, figuring out how to <laughs> align in certain gangs. That right there shows you that there is a major difference between men and women. And in this case, it shows that women are kinder and more They're more communal, more communal for sure. Can you imagine like a male, a guy who raped women, identifying as women, as a woman, being put in a female prison and then raping two more women with his penis, presumably? Uh, I mean, that's just fucking insane. He should not be in the women's <laughs> prison. But they had to because he identified as a woman, so he had to be placed in his in the gender in the gender appropriate uh, prison. And that's that is and a rape. It's like he was a white collar criminal. He was a rape. Well, look, man, you can walk around in a dress all day, calling yourself a woman, checking a certain box, putting Stephanie on your cup at Starbucks. <laughs> yes, it's all good. That would be my female name. But you don't get to go into a female prison when you have a dick and you're a, a rapist. Like <laughs> yes. at a certain point, we have to stop. With the fantasy, which I'm fine with, obviously, no one cares what you want to do as long as you're an adult. If you want to start taking hormones, well, there's that Australian dude, like 200 pound, a former uh, whatever handball player who's dominating the female the female league yeah. or the weightlifters, and obviously that's not as serious as a rape, but it is taking away sports opportunities from women. Well, once it's just in an institutional sense where we can really, you know, see that the differences are pronounced. I, I just don't think it should fly. In the very least, you got to cut your dick off before you got to cut the dick off before you go there. That would be at the top of my checklist <laughs> yes. of what a woman is. So this woman, this UK mother, uh, then got into a tussle with this uh, transgender woman a- attorney activist, and it seems like the mother, by the way, uh, before I get too deep in the story, is sort of a bit of an asshole, and she was clearly harassing this transgender woman. She set up two fake Twitter accounts. <laughs> 
to actually go after this woman, who, you know, the transgender woman. What was the volume, roughly, of her? It didn't seem like it was that high, but she clearly was into harass. She was clearly harassing women, and the re- the way she did it was by refusing to admit this transgender woman was a woman, a real woman, uh, misgendering her by calling her with uh, her, her male pronouns, and also linking back to uh, social media profiles of this transgendered woman when she was still a man, which, by the way, Matt, is called dead naming. Got that. <laughs> I, learned a new, I, learned a, I learned a new name. I, I just, there's so much new titles these days with the political correctness, but dead naming, misgendering would be calling her by the wrong, wrong pronouns. Be like calling Diddy Puff Daddy. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. Or... And I would say, I'd make fun of this, although there's been teachers fired in California and other states for misgendering people now by ca- not calling them by the pronouns they wish to be called by. So in multiple states, it's already happened where teachers have been fired uh, for doing that with teen students who identify as a different gender. I have to think they were making a point to not do it, and it wasn't a slip? Well, no, they were testing the law. Okay. But they, have, they, were fi- they were fired from their union jobs for actually misgendering, for calling people, teenagers, by the way, who just identify as a different gender by the, by the inappropriate pronouns, hmm. refusing to go along with the, the play, the drama, basically. And then deadnaming. And so this woman was arrested by police for her online deadnaming and misgendering of this uh, attorney who filed the complaint, obviously. She was arrested for She was arrested harassment. for... It was unclear what the charges were, but it goes under this general sort of hate speech, a hate speech a, a, a penal code. So it's harassment, but not like, you know, you have ugly shoes. You know, more like... I'm going to identify you as a man, even though you wish to be identified as a woman harassment. Well, I can get how, on a pragmatic level, this woman, you know, she has this belief that gender is biological, and all these people are calling her wrong, and now she's just like, are these people all fucking idiots? Like, I don't understand. And now she's now she's become obsessed, Yes, and she's creating these burner accounts, and it's all she thinks about, I mean, she's now in, you know, she's in the machine. Like, she's looped into this she's in a, she's Twitter in the, war. She's a Twitter war. And she's Twitter. trying to win. Yes, you can't win a Twitter war. We've all been decided. She's like a land war in Asia. It's impossible to win. But as long as she's not, you know, making threats, I know where you work. Um, all you people should be hung up uh, and, and murdered in the streets. I don't think she said any of that type of stuff. No, no. She just, she wouldn't leave it alone, obviously. But uh, again... So in the in the United States there are harassment. You can't harass people. It's a criminal act to harass, stalk or harass people. So if you harass them online, and I don't mean like a, a, with the public figure, it's very different. You can say all the shit you want about Trump, and you're not going to be arrested. Um, you can say all the shit you want. So Kate, let's say when Caitlyn Jenner, when Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and won like the ESPN uh, Arthur Ashe Award, there were tons of people online just ripping on. Caitlyn Jenner posting pictures of Bruce. I know because I was one of them. Uh, posting <laughs> pictures of Bruce, talking about her hands, talking about how she killed a person on PCH in a vehicular homicide. Talking about how she accomplished nothing but you know taking female hormones and why would she win the Arthur Ashe Award? And this is really just Bruce Jenner in a dress. And you could never be arrested for that stuff in the United States. Right. You could even set up a website saying Caitlyn Jenner is a man. Post pictures of old Bruce. You know, show the cock and the and under the dress bulge or whatever, and you would never be arrested. In the UK, you can actually be arrested for this now as a criminal as a criminal complaint. Pretty so sh- pretty troubling, especially yeah. given the benign nature of it. I mean, so the trans person could have blocked her. Now she had the burner accounts, but he could have just blocked those. I mean, unless she's enlisting hordes of people to bring this person down and 
uh, you know, spending t- 24 hours a day on this and, and trying to hack stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like, I get that. But if she's just sort of in this Twitter feud, the fact that you could be arrested, because I'm assuming their law works like this is in public. Like, it's the same correct. thing. Correct. Correct. So th- it's that's a, it's a, frightening. It's, it's harassment, not technically from the standpoint of, like, you know, where the, the woman sends 10,000 text messages to her ex-boyfriend and, st- and says, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's harassment because, specifically because you are dead naming and misgendering a transgendered person. So therefore it's become it's it's a hate crime it's a hate crime as if you were like harassing somebody for their race or somebody for their religion, which again you can do in this country um, if you don't commit any actual threat any any physical threats. Uh, I mean Louis Farrakhan doesn't get arrested when he calls Jews termites or something like that. They don't go and arrest him. Right. Um, but in the in the UK you can for these protected categories and one of those protected categories is transgender. Yeah, and these people are always the first to make appeals to authority, whether it's the chancellor of the university, the administrator of Twitter, uh, the government, because they don't really have a lot to stand on. And they're wrong a lot of the time. They're saying stupid things, and they're incredibly entitled. And, you know, like, I don't think it occurs to, to most people who are in a Twitter feud to get the police involved. Anytime you try and get the police involved, y- you're wrong. Okay. Right. <laughs> You've lost. You've also lost the battle. You've also lost. I mean, why not? You need someone else to fight the battle for you. But also, it also presents the fact that you don't have any scientific evidence to back what you're doing. I mean, yeah, you can say, "Look, I would never harass, literally, phys- personally harass someone who was a transgender woman based on her transgenderism," and I don't care if she's an activist. I mean, if it's Caitlyn Jenner or a super celebrity, I would probably because you know they have all the power. But to pick even on an attorney activist, if she wants to do her rants online about how I'm, as wo- I'm a real woman, you can't refer to me by male pronouns, I don't give it. Who gives a shit? It's a weird thing to be caught up in a fight with that person. Yeah, it is. But, but I mean, but she can't, that transgender woman can't defend herself with science or fact. So she now relies on police, hate speech, harassment statutes to actually. Get somebody arrested. Get somebody arrested and thrown in jail for seven hours. Yeah, it's the behavior of an asshole. And I mean, we all knew these people. You get in an argument in school with some guy for doing something, and eventually you're winning the argument. And he says, "I'm going to tell the teacher that." Oh, I hate that kid. Well, this is the same person, right? But it's also like, I mean, you have to understand at, at some point. We have to decide whether or not. So the the woman, the Baltimore woman, I, we were talking about the lesbian woman. Uh, she said perhaps T doesn't belong with LGB <laughs> hmm. because she stated specifically LGB is a is a you know it's an innate human condition it's an immutable quality you're born gay and I think at this point in 2019 pretty much every intelligent person agrees with that that people don't just choose to be gay that they a guy is attracted to other guys is not a choice he makes right. or woman a woman whereas T even the gay people are kind of thinking like yeah, that seems to be more of a voluntary, makes me feel comfortable. This is a personal preference kind of thing, and so it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't shouldn't have the same level of protection, right? Like if you wanted to be a cosplay furry, let's say, and then people weren't allowed to make fun of you because you chose to live as a cat, <laughs> that would be people would call that ridiculous. But I think this is just a slippery slope on the way to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's you're just going to lose respect from reasonable people if you start trying to get people arrested. That that can be corrected, um, you know, fairly quickly with with legislation. So if if that's your, which is 
what is more in terms of bullying, by the way, than trying to get someone locked up? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, I but, mean, fingerprinted, handcuffed. But if that's the only way you can win, you're not going to win. You might win a little victory in the short term, but you know, eventually that's going to really piss a lot of people off. I mean, if I lived in uh, England, I'd be pissed off about it frankly i think her name her female name was stephanie but <laughs> stephanie, it's always That's a good name it's always fucking stephanie <laughs> matt for our final statement today before we go i want to talk about carson daly because carson daly announced uh somehow this week that he's retiring after 17 years on last call with carson daly and the question everybody asked upon announcing his retirement was I can't believe that show is still on after 17 years. Is it really still on? <laughs> Nobody knew this uh, NBC late night show was on for 17 years. How does a network show become uh, <laughs> dead in the minds of the entire public? Uh, uh, like probably three years into it, right? And now it's been went on for another 12 to 15 years and no one even knew it was on. And then he, uh, literally, like, I don't think anybody, I mean, just by the numbers, nobody really watched it. You never see it promote. You never ever see it promote. There wasn't like a Super Bowl ad or a football ad. You don't see. Check out who's on Carson Daly. Last call with Carson Daly tonight. I mean, they'll do. It was almost like the networks were ashamed yes. of themselves. Yes, but isn't this the example of uh, just a guy who got a job in Hollywood because he's just a nice, guy, nice, boring guy, and they just gave him the slot, and I guess he didn't cost a lot of money, so they just let him do it for seventeen years, even though. Only people who were sleeping at the TV tuned into him ever? No, I don't think so. Because it, it used to really piss me off um, when I was younger. And I would watch, uh, you know, uh, Conan on, uh, whatever, on, NBC. On, on Late Night on yeah. NBC. And then I liked Conan. I thought he was really funny. Mm -hmm. And then Carson would come on and I would get angry <laughs> when he started talking and trying to do like a monologue, which were... Like jokes that were written to fail so that then he could say they weren't funny. And I just, I knew so many talented people that could be in that position who were funny and interesting. And he was none of these things. And he was such a little sycophant, uh, beta guy, and, um, who just didn't deserve a show. And, and but he was the original beta man. He was the original beta male show. I mean, he was the guy who just had this, he was so. Un, he was so unassuming and such a non-threatening guy that he just kept his show for 17 years that he, people stopped watching 15 years ago. Well, look, I'm sure he is a really nice guy. And in fact, I've heard that he is a very nice guy. And he never was involved in controversy. He was never going to say the wrong thing. So what, you don't get to make $3 million a year for being a nice guy who's never gotten in an argument with someone I but mean, i compared him i compared him earlier to the 12th man on the basketball team on the nba roster who is always the nicest guy in the world he's always the funny nice guy who does like cleans up after practice and like is never always like trying to get guys together and buddy stuff hosts the birthday parties always does the extra you know the extra in practice will let lebron like dunk over him in practice over and over again without getting <laughs> pissed that there's a guy we talked about chris dudley who was uh, played for the knicks uh, yale grad who had like 15 years of NBA contracts simply because he was a super, I mean, yes, he was tall and he could sort of play basketball, but he was, you know, he got like average like 1.1 point for his career per, per game <laughs> and, and like half a rebound. But he kept getting hired because he was just a nice guy that coaches wanted on the roster. Yeah, and maybe 
guess we're more willing to do his show. He probably met a lot of people from doing uh, the Total Request Live, right. in which, again, he was just a boring, yes. wet blanket. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's I, I don't know what kind of welfare he's getting, but it's like, oh, yeah, he's he's not a bad guy. It's like, all right, well, there's only like five shows in that genre. Should we renew? Let's just renew for another couple of years. What the hell? Like, <laughs> like, why not? I know they're not real into taking risks, but I, I mean, I still know so many dudes that that could, objectively speaking, just be way better at what he's doing. They just gave David Spade a, to- a late night talk show. Uh, who I assume will be at least better than that. Although he's going to be on Comedy Central after, after Trevor, after Trevor Noah. Um, who I just I still can't stand his accent. It just makes me fucking want to punch him really badly. <laughs> it's just I just don't want the only thing worse than a British accent is a South African accent from a guy. It just sounds yeah. like a, he just sounds like a like a guy you want to punch really badly. Like a snob. It just sounds so snobby for some reason. Yeah, he does. He just no. Even when he's like, he just seems like a normal guy. He's probably not a snob, but he just sounds like a snob. And I just want to punch him i feel like he carries an umbrella and wears like a hat <laughs> like and like a, and like a, a sport cut with the patches on the elbows <laughs> I just, yeah i just want to be like what kind of perspective do you have anyway like <laughs> am i going to south africa and talking about apartheid and shit like, no and he's not he has the same material as someone else he doesn't deliver it well but i, I kind of like the carson so i uh, i haven't seen carson daily but sometimes i'll have the thing the tv the, the whatever the direct tv is set to cbs and if i turn on late night to watch like uh, espn or something I still see Byron Allen with Last Comics, <laughs> Last Comic, uh, whatever it's called, not Last Comic Standing, uh, Comics uh, Unleashed, com- yeah, Comics Unleashed, where he still does that thing where like, oh, hey, uh, Jill, so I heard you got a fish tank full of like crazy fish. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> well, he's bad, but he wasn't given a show. No, you know, he, he's a black guy. He paid for. He pay, uh, He's actually paying for his own show now. He yeah. owns the show. He's paying for he's paying for the distribution of it. Right. Um, and he's super but he's the only guy. So you got Carson Daly, you got then you got Byron Allen doing the, the, the most clumsy handed handoffs to, <laughs> to to comedians for their for their stage routines. And the other comedians have to laugh really hard at it. Because yeah. you know there's one thing comedians don't do is laugh really hard and openly and expressively at other people's work. <laughs> just, no. They don't guffaw. Most of them are unwilling to just out of stubbornness and yes. bitterness, but even if you're not that guy, it's just not funny to you. Anymore. No, no, you don't. Sl- you don't certainly don't slap your knee and open your mouth really wide and go <laughs> and guffaw, But you have to on his show. So there's nobody else against him. I, I saw the Tonight Show numbers were like three million, two and a half million or so for uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Not Jimmy Kimmel for uh, um, what's the, who's in the guy on NBC? Oh, uh, Seth. No, uh, well before Seth is uh, the guy from SNL, whatever his name is. I don't watch any Fallon. of these shows. But I fa- Jimmy Fallon. Who I can't stand. I mean, he seems again seems like a really nice guy who I just don't find is very funny. Very nice guy. He lo- all the celebrities love him. So he gets like two and a half million or so, and then goes to Seth Meyer, who is also seems okay, like an okay guy, but also super boring. Drops another half to like one point two million, and then by the time he gets to Carson Daly at one thirty in the morning, he drops like six hundred thousand people, who I have to assume are all sleeping at this point because there's no way you could get through Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyer and be awake for Carson Daly. It's simply not possible. Well, that still means our country has. A huge problem though because it's a tiny number of people though but if you look i don't watch fallon but they are making an actual show (laughs) with actual content that attempts and sometimes succeeds at comedy uh daily shtick is that he does none of this right he's just there uh, s- s- occupying this position. <laughs> he has a couch. <laughs> he, he has a couch. He doesn't have... 
He doesn't seem to have any sort of creative talent. Look, I mean, if he's I'm, not edgy in any way. No, he's the opposite of all that. I he's just like a barista. He's like your barista. Like make it, passing it. a little joke with your barista. Who would watch it if you're at home? And let's just say you even watch Fallon or Seth Meyers because you like the guest or whatever. Once um, Carson comes on, who who is who's watching it when you're like, oh, let me see what I'm I'm gonna just check Netflix. There's got to be. My point is, there's a hundred things on Netflix more entertaining than Carson Daly, even if we watch Netflix all the time. But I think those people are, are first of all, they may not have Netflix, and they're I think it's older people who just can't sleep. Because I, I read the study on CBS program, CBS primetime programming. The shows do whatever they do for network. But like no one's ever actually applauded any of the shows on CBS primetime, all the Blue Bloods and the crime shows and all, the, all look exactly the same. But the average age of their demographic is like 69.7 years old. Right. And so they literally start watching a show they might like at 8 o'clock. And by 9 or 10 o'clock, they're just in a trance snoozing in front of the TV and they can't change the channel. So like by the time you get to 10 o'clock on CBS... Most people are, who are watching are sleeping. They're just watching it. How do they do the Nielsen ratings these days? Is it still they just give you like a log book and you fill it in? Or no, I think it's a le- digital box. Yeah, I think it's di- I think it's digital now. They also so do the could, after. What's deep being DVR'd also they can track now. But it could actually be that you just left your TV on because they probably tell you to only you know to turn the TV off if you're not watching it, right? But I'm how, pretty, how could you prove that? I'm pretty sure all the cable and DirecTV's have a can track through data what's being watched right oh, all the digital all the digitally provided stuff they know exactly what you're watching that's why you keep getting commercials and advertisements for like if i watch something on netflix i get an online ad like almost immediately for a similar show yeah like they they pass that data off to, to somebody else but you there's know? no possible way to discern if you have a live streaming tv show on tv if not you- if it's over the not if it's over the air but i don't know who doesn't have cable i mean the number of people that are getting over the over the airwaves broadcast is really tiny now. It's really it's like four percent of the population. They get it through an antenna. But I'm right. So someone has someone actually has the data, like the cable channels, DirecTV, Comcast, Time Warner, they all have information on what shows are being watched and when. Because mm-hmm. they know what's being streamed through their bo- through their through their stream, through their boxes. But his show probably has a higher percentage than your average show. No nobody is fucking on demand selecting Carson Daly. <laughs> no, this is on DVR. I mean, like, please tell man, me. I got, I'm going to binge. I got 37 <laughs> episodes of Carson Daly. I'm going to binge. Although I don't think anyone does that for The Tonight Show or Seth Meyer either. I can't imagine someone's going to go like five back-to-backs on, on Fallon to watch like the, the Tonight Show. It's probably all tied to the news. Yes. They get a big lead-in from the news, and then they have big, you know, Fallon has huge guests, obviously. Uh, you know, he's Ariana Grande on or something like that. So he gets a big, pretty big feed. But I don't think anyone's binge watching these. These are pretty topical shows. Uh, Matt, that's our show for today. I, I just want to go yes. on record. I'm glad he's gone. Are you? Yeah, I don't want him to get another job. He could have been on for at least 17 years. I wouldn't know. By the way, they'll probably give that time slot to Terry Crews now. <laughs> so uh, that's our show for today, Matt. You got something you wish to pimp and promote? Something you want to sell? Not really. MattRalston.net. The Matt Ralston at Instagram.com. No, I got really nothing to promote. They're going to replace, by the way, I assume they're going to replace them with the infomercial because that's what everyone has on at those times on network. And it's always the women with crepe, crepe skin, mm. with skin creping. And uh, Cindy Crawford, if someone has, I was very disappointed to see that Cindy Crawford's uh, miracle cure came from grapefruits in France. 
Oh. <laughs> yes, like an enzyme. They've always discovered an enzyme. I think the word enzyme really really confuses people. Yeah, it does. They, they, don't, they, yeah, they don't, like, don't know what it is. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> but they've always discovered an enzyme in a natural product uh, that is going to cure whatever skin, you know, skin uh, make you look younger. And I, I don't know how no one knew before that like enzymes and grapefruits the can actually... thousands <laughs> of years we've yes. had grapefruits. Yes. Although grapefruits... Um, are they a hybrid species? I don't know. But they, th- it has to be a grapefruit from the south of France where the Fran- a doctor with an accent has discovered an enzyme, and there's always a picture of him with beakers and test tubes in a lab. Mm-hmm. But it always has to come from a, a orga- nowadays from an organic source. So it has to come from a fruit or a vegetable or a tree found in the Amazon or something That's like why that. Charlie Sheen's AIDS cure was fairly original as far <laughs> as quackery goes. Arthritic goat's milk. Who's really... <laughs> When you get goat milk, you don't know if the goat had arthritis or not. No. So that, at least if you're prone to believing really insane shit, they they did a good job on that one. Well, if you think about it too, I think there's this, uh, what we call the Heisenberg principle involved in these women with skin care, is that when they buy any of these products, they start taking dramatic care of their skin. Yeah. So they look better. Their skin gets better because they're, whatever the hell's in there, it's probably just Vaseline moisturizer and some and grapefruit enzyme. Of course, it's going to be better than if you take care of your skin for five hours a day. It's going to look, look much better than if you don't. So they get results of some kind, just like sort of like a fitness program that says, oh, go jog for two hours a day. It works because if right. you jog for two hours a day, you're going to be much trimmer and fitter. And that's, you could wrap any sort of thing around it. There's a, a uh, real quickly, there's a, a woman in Texas, an online Instagram fitness instructor who's in trouble now because she was selling her customized fitness programs for $300. And it turns out she's just Xeroxing like some basic sheet of like eat less and exercise more <laughs> to the women. And, and then the women are very upset. What are they most upset about? The fact that she said that you could call her anytime uh, to, to go through your struggles with her. And she wasn't answering the phone. <laughs> That's all. Who pays? Like who really thinks for 300 bucks you're getting like a, a personalized fitness instructor from a hot blonde chick online who does Instagram, Instagram selfies. But people are desperate. One thirty in the morning, people are desperate for help. That's all I can say. They want to look better, and I think it's going to make them feel better, and they're desperate to buy shit. So, Carson Daly, you've been replaced by crepe. It's always creping, crepe skin. <laughs> all right, that's our show for this week. This is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week.